You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. We have got uh, an awesome show for you today. We're going to be talking electric cars. One actually made here in Vancouver, the Solo. I'm fascinated to learn uh, more about this. I think that's uh, a great uh, Canadian story. Yeah, and it's a very, very interesting design. You know, we've talked about electric cars a lot on this show, but this one has two wheels in the front and just one wheel in the back. Well, we'll be learning more about that uh, in a little bit. Uh, We'll also be talking about digital money transfers uh, through Interact. Uh, Of course, we know how to pay with credit cards and debit cards when we hit the store, but you can actually use uh, Interact to digitally transfer money to your friend, your babysitter, uh, or even pay for things online. It's an easy way if you owe someone some cash. You don't have to go to the bank and get cash to to pay them. All you got to do is get their email and transfer it using uh, Interact online. We'll explain uh, how that actually works, and uh, we'll do a test uh, where Andy sends me $300 digitally. And Mike will send me six hundred dollars. <laughs> well, first you send the three hundred, and we'll see what happens there. Lots of interesting stuff in the news. Uh, Google focusing in more on travel now. Uh, Google is everywhere, kind of permeates our, our life. Uh, but uh, they've been uh, doing some things in the background when it comes to travel. Uh, I think a lot of people are familiar with things like Gmail and Google Maps. Uh, but they've introduced Google Trips. Yes. And I think it makes a lot of sense because they're already in the map space. Uh, what's really interesting about Google is like when you book like a, a flight, it kind of knows what your flight is. And if it's delayed, you can get push notifications. I don't know if you do it on the iOS. On Android, I get it all the time. So if, I, if my flight is being delayed, I'll get that notification. But it looks like they're taking it a step further with Google Trips. And they want to be the one-stop shop for everything when you're traveling. And uh, I think it's a a really smart move by Google. Well, from what I uh, understand, I haven't tried this out fully yet. Uh, It's uh, actually going to monitor things like your Gmail uh, to see what kind of things are coming up in your trip world. Uh, Things like car rentals, uh, hotels, flights, and then amalgamate all of that into Google Trips to give you uh, itineraries that you can actually download and use offline as well if you uh, didn't have uh, an internet connection. Is that something you think you would start using? i I, I got to be honest. I, I think I might because um, I'm doing a lot of travel for work. And the way I keep things organized, I wouldn't even say it's organized. It, it's all in my email. Mm-hmm. So you know, if I need to find out when my flight is, I'm going into my email searching for that. Uh, searching for my um, hotel and my car reservation. It, it would be kind of cool if it was all in one place. And I know there's been lots of programs and apps in, in the past that, you know, have done that. But, you know, there was always a few steps involved, yeah. which, you know, I'm lazy. I just didn't do. So if Google can monitor all that, that might be a good thing. But then I guess I'd have to use Gmail, which I don't use all the time. Yeah, you know, one thing I really like about Gmail, and I was just thinking about this the other day because I made this mistake, if you send um, an email to someone through Gmail and you say, oh, uh, I've attached this document, Google understands that you said the word attach. But if you forget to attach, and you know, I'm sure you do this all the time, yes, where you say, oh, I've attached this, but you forgot to actually attach a certain file. Gmail can actually tell because it recognizes that word. And then when you send emails like, we think you wanted to attach something. Did you forget? And you're like, well, yes, I did. <laughs> but Outlook, you know, Microsoft Outlook doesn't do that. And no. I'm like, why? Like, because I make that mistake all the time. And it's kind of embarrassing. You're like, oh, sorry. See attached. Yeah. I guess Google's more cloud-based. Uh, I know Outlook's kind of going that way as well. But uh, I guess they have that ability because it's all one central kind of 
cloud platform it's easier for them to build that functionality yes. in and i think a lot of people don't realize is google is searching to what you're saying in your emails oh hell, and then hell they, yeah they use that for ads so you think that gmail is free but it's kind of like facebook it's looking at the information that you're posting and then trying to cater certain ads but they do offer a good service at the same time this is also uh, interesting, and we, we see this time and time again. Uh, the big telcos uh, are hoarding fiber optic networks yeah. despite the CRTC order. Uh, so this is uh, something that the CRTC told the big guys uh, back a couple of years ago, or oh, back in July 2015, sorry. Uh, basically, they ordered the big telecom companies such as Bell, Rogers, Telus, uh, Shaw, and Videotron to share their fiber optic networks with smaller competitors. Yeah. Uh, but that really hasn't been the case yet. Bell actually uh, uh, launched uh, an appeal to that, uh, which has basically slowed the whole process down. And so, you know, we're familiar with these big companies for our, our Internet access, but there's a lot of these small players out there uh, as well, like vMedia. Uh, Tech Savvy is a, another popular one. So they want access to those fiber networks, but they've had a challenge getting that access. Yeah, and you're starting to see the big telecoms offer fiber optic, you know, connections. And you're, we're talking download speeds of like, like 100 gigs and more. The thing is, these smaller telecoms, to which Tech Savvy, I am a customer of Tech Savvy, it uses right now Telus's back end yeah. to deliver the internet to my house, but I don't have a fiber optic connection. And what the CRTC is saying is you got to share that network, that fiber optic network, because they want to have an evil playing field in terms of competition. But, it, you know, I can see it from both sides. It's a huge investment because what they always say is the last mile. Like they're making all these fiber optic connections, but the last mile to your house is typically still a copper connection. And what they're trying to do, especially in urban areas like downtown Vancouver or in downtown Calgary, what they're doing is trying to provide that fiber optic right to the last mile so that everybody gets that speed. The thing is, these telecoms, like Bell, are delaying this, and they're actually benefiting from it because while they're making these appeals, they're making a lot of money because they're offering something the smaller guys can't. And technically, that is uh, you know, not a level playing field. Also big in the news this week, Yahoo has admitted that uh, personal information of at least 500 million users was stolen in an attack on its accounts back in 2014 and they're saying it's state sponsored the question is what state are we talking about here that went into that back that's a half a billion people that's a lot that is crazy and my question is why has it taken two years to figure this out did they know back then my question is do people still have a yahoo email account <laughs> well see that's the thing people are going i don't have a yahoo account but yahoo owns so many other websites aol uh, they have Flickr, they have Tumblr. Yeah. Uh, there's like you know dozens of those you know subsidiary sites. Uh, so if you have any of those, definitely go in and change your password and your security questions. Yeah, as well. and you might have gotten that notification already if you're using Yahoo to change your password. This is a bad time for this to happen because there's a 4.8 billion acquisition. By Verizon. Yeah. So yeah. talk about they're, bad timing. They're happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Verizon's like, you need to fix this really fast. And we see this all the time. You know, LinkedIn, they got hacked and they were compromised. All these companies are doing it. And you it's, know, yeah, it's so tough now because it's, it's only a matter of time before these guys get hacked, really. Mm -hmm. So I get questions all the time. Well, what do I do as a user? You know, how can I protect myself? 
Uh, because if these big guys can't protect themselves, yeah. what do you do? Yeah. I, I think the important thing is, and I know it's tough, you got to have different usernames and passwords for the different sites you go to, essentially. Because if you're using the same password for everything, uh, that really compromises your security. Yeah. But it's hard. I know. It's I, hard. I still use the same password. I remember for when, when they found a hacker went into Mark Zuckerberg and they found his password. And yeah. what they learned is, you know, the owner of Facebook, the guy who created Facebook, uses the same password for multiple different sites. And it's not encrypted. Like, if anybody should know to have a good password, it should be Mark Zuckerberg. And even he has the same one for multiple sites. So, you know, again, to protect yourself, don't be a Zuckerberg. Uh, have multiple passwords for the different. Uh, sites that you're going to, especially uh, banking websites or anything to do with e-commerce, I think yeah. is super important. Really, yeah. There's, you know, there's some sites maybe you just have to log in. Um, you could have maybe a less protected password, but for like you said, any kind of banking, any kind of personal information that somebody could take, yeah, you definitely want to make sure you have a good password. And I think that's a good point, Andy. The more personal information that you're sharing with a particular site, uh, I I think it would be important to have a unique password for that. And I know it's hard remembering all those, but there's a lot of password managers uh, now. LastPass. LastPass is a very, very popular one that will help uh, with remembering that and, and using that as well. Mm-hmm. We are going to have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be looking or talking uh, about an electric car made right here in Vancouver. And uh, a little bit later, uh, we've uh, got some other uh, great stuff uh, as well. We'll be uh, talking about Interact, how you can actually send money via email. And we'll uh, give you the lowdown on that. You listen, Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here in the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. Well, we've seen some uh, large advancements in transportation over the past few years. Uh, electric vehicles, uh, there's more and more of them being produced. Still not enough, really, when you think about it. Tesla is probably one uh, company that a lot of people think about when they think about electric cars. Uh, Chevy now has come out with the Bolt. Yep. Which is kind of exciting. Very affordable too. Very affordable, uh, kind of uh, below the forty thousand dollars price range in the U.S., um, and it has just as good as uh, mileage as the Tesla does, mm-hmm. which is kind of exciting. Well, on the line right now, uh, we've got another player in the market space, Jerry Kroll. He's the CEO of Electra um, Mechanica. Thanks, Jerry, for joining us. You almost got that out perfectly. Electromechanica, thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries. Uh, so we were fascinated to have you on. Uh, you have a three-wheel uh, electric car uh, that uh, is coming uh, to the marketplace uh, shortly. Yeah, it's on the marketplace. It's uh, more importantly than the three-wheel thing, which really isn't relevant when you're driving it because it drives just like a regular car. The fact that it's a one-person vehicle for the 83% of people in Canada and around the world who commute by themselves 30 kilometers or less in each way. And, and that's an interesting statistic that uh, you, you've just mentioned there because most car trips are basically solo uh, car trips. So uh, you. you're, you're targeting that market. Uh, is this a long-distance commuter vehicle or is this for people that are kind of in the city? Yeah, it, it could be long-distance. The, uh, the solo... Uh, it just, first of all, it's just a beautiful car. It handles like a, a one-seater electric race car. It's, it's quite fun. It, uh, the equivalent for people to imagine is the Tesla would be a desktop computer. Beautiful. The Bolt, a tablet computer. Very useful. <laughs> the Solo is like a smartphone. It is the iPhone. It is for you and just you. 
And it becomes more than just your second computer. It becomes your primary computer because that's what you're doing most of the time. You break out the desktop you know, computer when you need to open a big spreadsheet. But when you really look at the numbers and the amount of time you're using, you use this thing. And, and if you've never used a smartphone before, you wouldn't know how often you'd use it. Exactly the same with the Solo. It is so useful. It's intuitive. Parks anywhere. Zippy. I just drove it across to Victoria yesterday morning. 25 bucks as a motorcycle, first on, first off, as a car. Amazing. So, yeah, what, what is the classification to, to this? It's a car. Uh, yeah, different. Uh, it's a jurisdictional thing, right? Like in America, they have this broad-based thing that says anything less than four wheels is a motorcycle, but you use a car license and you don't use a helmet and all that. So it drives pretty much like a car, but you have a motorcycle plate. I think they're going to change that, whereas in Canada, it's just a, a three-wheeled car, less than 2,000 pounds, and uh, away you go. And that differs in Europe and Japan and China and everywhere. Jerry, one uh, issue with electric cars that a lot of people talk about is range anxiety, where people are worried about the next time they have to get a charge. How do you charge the Solo, and how long can you go with it? Yeah, well, the charging is uh, just like uh, you would on your cell phone. There's a J1772. Any plug that you see around on the streets and all that, uh, you can get them at Home Depot. You install a clothes dryer plug in your garage or in your apartment building. You plug that in. So that's really much more convenient than going to a messy, smelly gas station. The car goes for 160 kilometers currently. And as battery technology improves, as you know, that microprocessor technology, memory uh, technology improves, we should have that up over 300 kilometers. But again, the numbers tell without doubt that 83%, 14 million Canadians, travel 30 kilometers or less each way, you don't need 500 miles in your car. Jerry, why did you uh, design it with three wheels, two in the front and just one in the back? Why, why was that um, the, the, the way that you guys thought to design it? Uh, pretty much lighter weight. It's an engineering thing. Lighter weight, easier to back into any parking spot. Because of the super low center of gravity, this thing has got just a wicked cornering radius, uh, cornering speeds. Uh, less expensive uh, to make, lighter weight means the batteries and everything makes it go further per dollar spent on batteries. And we're working on a motorsports program, which we hope to unveil early next year. I think that this thing can eventually pick off McLarens around a racetrack. <laughs> so you're talking about McLarens there. Like, what kind of speeds are we talking? Well, Currently, the road-going version of the Solo will have approximately Mazda Miata type of power, you know, 0 to 100k in 8 seconds, top speed of about 130, 140 kilometers an hour. On the racetrack, our engineers tell us we can amp that up to 250 kilometers an hour top speed in the 0 to 100k in 1.9 seconds. That may be brought to the street as a hypercar in the future. That is crazy <laughs> how fast that, that it's is. awesome. Uh, so you're, are you tackling the North American market first? Uh, you know, what kind of pricing are we looking at? What is the true availability of this going to be? Yeah, so we're not a car company building cars to sell cars. My concern is global climate change, not Vancouver climate change or Canada climate change, but world climate change. We've established uh, manufacturing partners in China, India. We're working on uh, Eastern Europe and the UK right now. We should have 100 vehicles per month being manufactured uh, by April, and we should have 100 to 200,000 vehicles uh, done per year from then on. So we are tackling global climate change. 
by getting that 83% of people out of their big gas car and into a small, clean electric vehicle around the world. And, and what kind of price point are we talking about here? Uh, uh, 20000 Canadian dollars, or whatever that equivalent is around the world. And most jurisdictions have a clean energy vehicle rebate of anywhere from $2,500 to as much as $14,000 uh, wherever you would buy the car. And people can buy it right now if they wanted to? Yep. Yep. Online. Uh, the website is smallev.com, and you can pick one of four colors, red, white, silver, black, a couple of different wheel options, heated seats, air conditioning, that sort of thing. Uh, $20,000. You put a $250 refundable deposit on the car. We have over 300 already and over 20,500 corporate inquiries. And uh, delivery, if you put it in right now, would be about June, July next year once we get the current orders uh, delivered. Jerry, I want to thank you for joining us uh, on the show today, and good luck with uh, the solo. Thanks. I hope to give you a test drive soon. I'd love to hear your comments. I was just going to say that. I think we (laughs) need to go for a little test drive, Gary. I could hear you thinking. (laughs) Well, we'll try that out. That was Jerry Kroll. He's the CEO of uh, Electra Mechanica. Uh, makers of these uh, electric solo vehicles. Right here in Vancouver, too. I, uh, I'm looking forward to checking that out. We'll have to do a, a test drive on uh, on our global uh, news segments. Absolutely. We're going to have to take a, a break here. When we do come back, uh, we'll be talking about uh, paying digitally. Have you ever wondered how to send money via email? Well, we'll uh, explain how that uh, all works. Maybe you need to pay your babysitter. Maybe Andy's going to pay me that $300 today. Or I maybe, don't know. Maybe Mike's going to pay me $600. Maybe not. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll learn all about that uh, when we come back after the break. And of course, we'll be going uh, open line, taking your tech calls and questions. And finally, the app of the week at uh, the end of the show. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected, Mike and Andy here in studio. Lots of show left. We're going to be going open line in a little bit, taking your tech calls and questions. Of course, App of the Week with Christina. Right now we're talking uh, e-transfers. Everything's digital now. Uh, I uh, love the fact that I don't have to carry around as much cash. Uh, I love using Apple Pay. Yeah, word on the street is you're paying a lot with your watch these days. I am. Like a crazy... weirding people out. I'm weirding people out. (laughs) People are still not used to it, but... It's it's a cool thing. But what we want to talk about today is uh, e-transfers. Uh, on the line, we've uh, got uh, an expert in that field, Peter Maloney. He's a director of technology over at Interact. Thanks for joining us, Peter. Thanks for having me. Uh, we wanted to get you on the line because uh, e-transfers uh, are becoming huge. Uh, what are some of the stats you're looking at now? Stats, oh yeah, we, well, so as of 2015, we've done uh, 105 million transactions, and that's, that's within Canada. Um, transferred about $44 billion worth of value, and uh, in the last month, um, we've done, it was our biggest month in the history of the service, uh, 13.5 million transactions. That's, that's crazy. So what is exactly an e-transfer? It's, it's when I can send, uh, if I wanted to send money directly to Andy. Yeah, so yeah, e-transfer is a bank-integrated product. So you would log into your online or mobile banking. You would enter the details for Andy, and and really all you need is his email address or his phone number, uh, the amount of money that you want to send him, and the uh, security question and answer that would be associated to that transfer. And when uh, when the payment was ready, Andy would get a notification, either through SMS or email. And uh, with the deposit instructions, 
in that notification. I actually uh, used e-transfer the other day, Mike. Yeah, um, I didn't to, see anything. Well, not to you. Oh, okay. Uh, to the producer and uh, cameraman at Get Connected. Okay. They uh, were going to go to see uh, Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. Yeah. He's coming to town to sing the entire Pet Sounds album. And I was like, I want to go. I want to go. So I asked them to buy tickets. And then right after that, they were like, okay, here's how the amount. And I just went and e-transferred it. So you did that from your mobile banking app? Yeah. Absolutely. And so that's kind of the interesting thing, Peter. Uh, the person receiving it, uh, they're basically just getting an email. Yeah, exactly. And either an email or a, an SMS notification. And what's really cool about it is you have to make like a password. So you ask a question and then they have to answer it. And Peter, I understand that's what basically uh, is like a security feature to make sure that, you know, people aren't who shouldn't be answering that email uh, are depositing the, the money. Yeah, exactly. We, we we take the security of the service very seriously. So, you know, the, the authentication for your banking credentials sits with your bank. So, you know, we're leveraging that. And then when the payment is in flight, that that instruction is protected by a shared secret that only you and the recipient of the transfer know. So, uh, again, just to uh, get this completely straight, uh, the person that wants to send money, they have to have, uh, obviously, the mobile banking set up on their uh, their smartphone uh, or, you know, whatever tablet or computer they're uh, using and the email of the person they want to send money to. Exactly, yeah. So your login information for online or mobile banking, as long as you're registered with that, and then the target of where you want to send that transfer. So the target needs a email address or a phone number. I got a question, Peter. How long – it just feels like Interact's always been with us. How long has Interact been around and this e-transfer service, how long has that been around as well? Um, so Interact's been around for over 30 years, obviously providing solutions for Canadians, uh, you know, fairly well shown in the market for debit, uh, mobile payments. E-transfer came into the market in 2002, and it's really seen its, a larger uptake in the last five years. So I think it's uh, the statistic on that is roughly about 50% growth in the last five years, and uh, it's now become you know ubiquitous in Canada. 250 plus institutions have it integrated, and Canadians seem to love it. So lots of transactions. What about convenience? Yeah, sorry. What about if you are trying to send someone money, say in the United States? Can you do that with the Canadian bank e-transfer style? Yeah, you can. We do have a product that does uh, from your online banking to cash. So we use the Western Union Network. Currently, we only have one financial institution on that. That would be Bank of Montreal. But soon there will be a few others. Very cool. And where can people find out more information about this and, and, and how it all works? Uh, that's easy. So just interact.ca. That's our website. Pick e-transfer, and it'll have a description of how the service works, including videos. And if you want to know more about the international offering, it's called International Remittance. Once again, off Interact.ca. Very cool. Uh, that's Peter Maloney. He's the Director of Technology over at Interact, talking about e-transfers. Uh, I love that. I've I got to be honest, I haven't really used that myself. So uh, it's something I can definitely look into. Yeah, and you know, just so I can get set up so I can get all that money that you're <laughs> going to be sending my way. Well, the thing is, like, I've used it once in a while, but I've asked myself, like, why am I not using this more? Like, yeah. Usually when I owe someone money, I go to the bank, take it out, yeah, and then give cash, them cash. right? And Which like, is a pain. But we have the technology. We don't and listen to, to us. It. It's a pain to go to a machine yeah, exactly. that spits out cash for us. Yeah. But yeah, um, now we can you do can do everything. Smartphone. All you need is an email, and you can send people money. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a cool way, and I think a lot of people, if you haven't tried it, give it a shot. You'll realize just how easy it is to transfer money all through something as secure as Interact.
Well, it's that time. We are going to open up the phone lines and go uh, general open line here on Get Connected, taking any of your tech calls and questions. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, whether that's uh, some on-air tech support you need uh, or if you uh, uh, need some buying advice for some of the uh, the gadgets uh, out there, we can help you with that as well. 604-280-9898. Again, 604-280-9898. And long distance anywhere, one 399 9898 you're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by our friends at London Drugs here in the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected, our favorite part of the show, the call-in portion. We're open line, taking your tech calls and questions, 604-280-9898. We're going to jump here to uh, Ken. How are you doing, Ken? Hey, how are you? Good. What can we do for you? Yeah, I called last week about planned obsolescence and the uh, and the Pro 4S for, uh, from the uh, PlayStation. But yep. another question I have now in regards to that, I noticed that uh, TELUS is now offering 4K TV channels. And now, should I just basically toss my current LCD screen into the trash? <laughs> You're not going gently into this dark night, are you, Ken? <laughs> no, not really. Well, I wouldn't toss it into the, uh, the trash can just yet because uh, 4K and 4K uh, programming is just really not ready for prime time yet, as, uh, as I, I would say. Uh, so we... We see all the TVs. You go into any uh, consumer electronics store, even a London Drugs, all the TVs now are going 4K. Uh, and that's basically referring to the resolution. They're super high definition. They've got over 4,000 lines on the TV. So you're getting super clear, crisp images on it when the programming supports it. And that is the challenge. Well, it's funny, Mike, because we, we go to the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas, and for the last couple of years, everyone's been pushing 4K TVs. There's one little problem. There's no 4K content out there. Exactly. And, and so it's taken a while. I know Rogers back in Toronto, they're starting to offer like Blue Jay games. Yeah. Um, Bell is 4K, as well. Right? To get that, you need a crazy, crazy internet. You're like, typically, uh, I know for Netflix alone, if you're going to stream um, Netflix in 4K, at least you need 14 to 15 megabits per second just for the Netflix alone, which is funny because that's like my con my entire connection. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it sucks and it all up. So a lot of people are going to like the 100 gigabit uh, downloads to get that 4K content. I think it's going to take a while for it to, to go. If you are looking to get a 4K television, you're going to want to get a big one. That's when you can actually see the difference. Otherwise, if it's too small, it's just going to look like an HD. Yeah, if you're getting like a 40-inch TV or under in 4K, yeah, yeah. But if you're in the 65, 70, 80 inches, you're going to start to notice glorious. it because you could be far away and it looks amazing. So here in Western Canada, uh, Telus uh, Optic uh, TV, they've uh, uh, announced some 4K channels. Uh, probably the best bet right now would be Netflix. To be honest, uh, Netflix has uh, an entire 4K uh, option as well. So typically, all the ones uh, uh, that they're producing, like Narcos and House of Cards will be available in 4K. And I've tried it out. It, it looks glorious. But there's just not a huge uh, chunk of programming out there yet. Well, and I know the television manufacturers are really hoping that there is more programming because they're having a hard time to convince people to get a 4K television. They're like, future-proof your home. But, you know, y you want the content. And so it's taking a little bit of catch-up. It's, it's a chicken and egg thing. Absolutely. So I love Ken's calls. Keep on calling. <laughs> <laughs> Good questions, Ken. <laughs> Todd, you're on the line. How you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. You guys? Good. What can we do for you? Uh, my business is uh, four employees looking to add a fifth employee in Alberta, and I really need to update my 
my phone technology. Yeah. Voice over internet protocol. They, you know, I have the features where text protocol comes into our office and they can transfer it seamlessly to my cell phone or to my employee in in Alberta and the customers, you know, none the wiser kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, fantastic question. Uh, so he's got a small business uh, looking to get a phone system uh, into his place. Uh, probably a, a good first step is Phony Shaw. Uh, they've got uh, business internet services uh, that can hook you up not only with the internet but also phone systems uh, as well. And that's kind of the the neat thing is that these phone systems are completely uh, through the internet for for the most case now. So you've got some awesome features, uh, not only a, a lower cost on them, but you can really uh, get smart with how those calls are handled. Uh, you can have them go to the desk phone uh, or you can have them transferred to smartphones all through uh, a user interface right on your computer or tablet. Yeah, and that's right. Uh, well, what they're seeing is a lot of people aren't using the phone in the office place that they typically used to because of mobile phones. Um, I know yourself, Mike, you have people call directly to your cell phone instead of the office phone all the time. But having that feature where if someone calls you and you're out of the office, you can forward that directly to your mobile phone. I think that's a, a really good feature because you want to be available no matter where you are and you want to use the devices that you have on you. And so, yeah, like Mike said, take a look at Shaw to see what kind of plans are out there and all the, also the VoIP options that uh, are out there. There's lots of competition in the VoIP space, so good deals out there. You just got to kind of do your research to find out which one is right for you. Yeah, another one uh, that uh, you know I've tried here in, in BC, I don't know if they're available in uh, Calgary, uh, Navigata. Uh, is uh, another one yeah. uh, as well. So uh, definitely uh, a, a few choices. I'm going to jump here to John. Hey, John. Hello. Hi. Uh, I would like to find out how you stop people from getting into your private Wi-Fi. You know, we got new modem about or that uh, router about five years ago. Yeah. But we used uh, wired in computers. And then we got a laptop and uh, accessed the uh, router's programming and see all sorts of MAC addresses people were yeah, just accessing. We're paying 70 bucks. That's yeah. $800 a year, and they are mooching off us. And it's not accidental because some of the same ones show up. How you stop that? Yeah, so it's a fantastic question. Uh, what's happening with John is uh, he's got uh, a Wi-Fi router, uh, and it sounds like people are accessing his Internet access. So, uh, you know, the simplest thing is to always make sure you have the latest uh, router. Uh, if it's four or five years old, I would perhaps update that router so that you've got one with the latest uh, speeds and security as well. Uh, and most importantly, uh, use uh, a password. Yeah, you know what happened? About five, six years ago when the routers were coming out, they would have it so when you set it up, it was an unsecured network, and you actually had to make a password. And what they found was that people weren't doing that. So now when you buy a new router, it comes with a password already in it. So when you're installing it on the bottom of the router, you'll see your name of your network and the password. So Which you can go in and change if you, you can want. go change it, but yep. they make it now that it comes with a password on it because they're trying to prevent that problem like someone like John is always having. Yeah. If you don't have that technical knowledge, it can be hard to do, but now it's all automatic. So like you said, upgrade your router. Uh, and then you'll find that you'll have it already protected right from the get-go. And, John, uh, if you want to continue using your current one, uh, just make sure you go into the settings and change that password. You change that password, they're not going to be able to get into your uh, your Internet. 
Uh, if you don't have your user manual, uh, basically look it up online. These things are all online. Just Google the name of your router, the model number, user guide, and it'll actually uh, pop that up for you, and you can go through the step-by-step uh, the -step instructions to make that happen. Yeah, and if you want to buy a new router, you know, go to London Drugs. Those guys will help you set it up. They are awesome. They are awesome. They'll help you set it up because that's a problem that a lot of people have. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, App of the Week with Christina Stoyanova. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here in the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected, Mike and Andy in studio. It's that time of the week. App of the Week with Christina Stoyanova in studio. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. What do you got for us? I have a new app from Google because apparently they're a hot topic this week. Yeah, there's lots of stuff they've uh, been launching. What do you got for us? Uh, it's Google Allo. Allo? Yes. Is that like Allo or Allo? Apparently it is pronounced Allo. Okay. So says The Verge. I don't know. <laughs> the Verge, all-knowing. So tell us about this. This is a new messaging app from Google. That's right. Because yeah. the world needs another messaging app. Right, Andy? We are not spending enough time messaging each other. So what does this one do that's different? <laughs> um, the most remar remarkable thing about this app is that it integrates the Google Assistant into your conversations. So you can actually invoke at Google and ask it a question, and everyone on that chat can see the response from Google. So, uh, like sports scores or weather or... Yeah, or, you know, restaurants near whatever location, if you're trying to pick a restaurant with your friends, and then everyone can see Google's response, and everyone can, you know, pipe up and... Or they can see that Google can't understand what you're saying. Well, you can, you can type the questions. Okay. Um, but what it's allowing for is a more complex um, type of search because you're typically doing that in a conversational style, which is not what you usually do when you search on Google. This is interesting. There's so many messaging apps now. Uh, I can't even count them all. Uh, like, how, how is this going to make any, any noise out there? Like how, how? Well, it's the assistant that's... Uh, that's the selling point here. And you can actually have conversations with just the assistant. It automatically has that for you. Um, so I, I've i tried it. It's interesting. Uh, but is it available? It's available on iPhone and Android, right? Yep, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Is, have you tried it yet, Andy? Not yet. Um, the reason was I had no one to chat with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you can chat with... Uh... With it alone, apparently. Yeah, maybe we should all just download it and then use that as our new chat, right? Because yeah. like you said, there's not enough uh, messaging apps already out there. Oh, it's driving me crazy. Yeah, it's... Um, what happened to Google Duo, the <laughs> FaceTime one? Yeah, well, yeah. Didn't they just announce that recently? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone uses many, it. Like, are they just like seeing what, throwing it against the wall and seeing they, what sticks? Pretty or? much. That's, yeah. that's how Google does these days. It was funny, yeah. like the whole Google Plus, remember when they came out? Yeah. That that failed miserably. Yeah, never. I I know it has a lot of users, but it never really took you off. You know like why that. it has a lot of users? Cause because you have a your Gmail. business is linked. Yeah, to if it. you have a Gmail, you're automatically a user. But that's a but there's not active users. No. Yeah. Sometimes I go on there just to see what's going on. Oh, I don't, because then I've got all these millions of notifications of oh, stuff, that's... and I just it drives me crazy. So, have you tried it? Do Do you like this new Allo? Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, I gave it a try. Like Andy, I didn't have anyone to talk to. Yeah. So it was just me and the chat bot. Yeah, it, it is chat bot, so it's yeah. kind of like yeah. a little robot. But if you're, if you're lonely, you can have some interesting yeah. conversations. <laughs> this is great for your weekend, Christina. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. That's really nice. Uh, yeah, I find that fascinating. You know, the world is going more voice, uh, definitely. I think the biggest challenge with voice overall is just the recognition factor. Uh, I know we're up like near 95% uh, 
voice recognition accuracy, but I think it still needs to get up to that 99% before it really kind of reaches that tipping point. You know what point. we're starting to see? We're starting to see from one language to another. So yeah. you could talk into like English and it will translate it into like Korean. Yeah. So you can have like conversations. So you can with... offend everyone with your poor Korean. I- I- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or jokes that don't work in other regions. Well, they don't work in English for me either. So I don't know if that's going to help. So LO, available for iOS and Android. Yes, that's right. Fantastic. Thanks, Christina. Don't forget, you can hit our website anytime, getconnectedmedia.com. We've uh, got all our uh, tech goodness up there from uh, blogs to videos to our uh, podcasts as well. And you've got 10 seconds to say the contest, Andy. Uh, we still have the Epson contest for the workforce printer, all in one thing. You just got to go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com to enter. You did it. That was pretty good. This is Mike, Andy, and Christina logging off. We'll see you again next time.